I'm Tisha Bader, and in the news, we continue our coverage on the situation in Israel following the brutal massacre committed by terror group Hamas on October the 7th. And as rockets continue to be fired at Israel, and as Israeli troops are now inside Gaza to root out Hamas and fight for the defense of and the very existence of the state of Israel. Well, this week, 28 local rabbis and Jewish leaders from across the spectrum from the New York area made an emergency trip to Israel to show solidarity and to help those impacted by the Hamas-triggered war, giving support and trauma assistance to families who had to evacuate the Gaza border communities and to families whose loved ones are being held hostage by terror group Hamas in Gaza. Rabbi Menachem Creditor is the Pearl and Ira Meyer Scholar in Residence at UJA. He traveled with the delegation and just arrived back home a few hours ago. And Rabbi, we greatly appreciate you joining us. I know you must be exhausted and emotionally drained. And uh, thanks so much for joining us on JBS despite that. Thanks, Tisha. It's good to be here. I'm really glad to have the chance to share a lot of what we experienced and what we're committed to. Absolutely. Before we get to what you experienced on the trip, I just wanted to ask what the feeling was like heading to Israel on the plane or knowing that you're going, knowing that this may be, this has to be a different country than pre-October the 7th. Yeah, I think that that question is the one that all of us had in our hearts, even as we were feeling our feelings. You know, what is this? I've never seen a more courteous group of people traveling to Israel because we were all aware of how much we need each other. Mm. And Jews of different kinds and other people who weren't Jewish traveling to Israel knew that this was not anything like anything we had done before. Not only was Israel changed, the Jewish world has now been changed. Yet again, it was a climactic moment in our history that we are not done with yet. But there has never been a moment like this since certainly the Yom Kippur War and likely since the Shoah. I'm just getting emotional hearing you because, as you said, we've all been impacted by this so tremendously. And when you try and explain it to someone who is not in that um, and people say, well, do you know someone affected there or did you, do you know somebody who you know lost someone? Someone had a, an amazing meme on social media just saying, yes, they're all my brothers and sisters. Yes. Yeah, so I do have any family there. Yes millions of brothers exactly and, sisters. and by the way one of the most impactful moments for me and for all of the participants is we went um to a military funeral on her Herzl um, for a young man named Lavi Lipschitz one of the first two to fall fighting in Gaza a young photographer a loving young man looks just like my son mm. we didn't go because any one of us know him he came from Modi'in, where certainly I have friends and a lot of us have connections. Um, but what's important to know is that thousands of people were at the funeral and they don't know him. There are people in all over Israel who are going to funeral after funeral after funeral. And of course, in shock, this isn't something that shows joy, but it absolutely shows the wholeness of our broken hearts. We all show up. And there are too many funerals. At the very beginning of this war, before we were calling it a war, before we could even find words, there weren't enough people to dig the graves. This is who we are now as a people. We show up, even if we have nothing that we can think of to say, we show up as we did at the funeral. 
And I'll tell you something insane that happened. During this funeral, rain like I've never seen in Jerusalem in my many, many years there and times there, started pouring down a downpour out of nowhere. Hmm. And this was a group of rabbis. All of us knew that th- these were God's furious tears. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. Talk about, um, that's so powerful. And so it's so sad. It's just so sad. Um, what was it like? What was the Avira, the mood that you found when you landed in Israel, when you when you started visiting and interacting with people? How would you describe what that atmosphere feels like right now? Um, you know, in any Jewish moment, in any Jewish community, it's a good thing that we don't only feel one thing. Mm. So I'll describe partial glimpses that I had. Um, everyone's hurting. That is a universal. Um, there is so much solidarity happening within Israeli society. We were afraid um, during the protest movements, uh, 32 weeks of just nonstop massive mobilization, that it would impact our readiness, our ability to show up as a unified people. But in fact, the protest movement turned all of its organizing mechanism into a way of organizing people to show up and relocate people who've been affected in the South, how to, how to deliver trauma care, how to take care of people. There is a shared sense of shock at what was possible militarily. How did this happen? And I think there's a recalibration of what in, is, in Israel we call conceptia. What's our conception of who we are? That happened after Yom Kippur when we, how could this have happened after 67? Well, again, um, I heard one teacher say, we built the state so that this wouldn't happen. And a famous uh, Hebrew poet, Chaim Nachman Bialik, wrote a poem after a massive pogrom in Kishinev. In 1903, it happened in 1904, he wrote the poem. And this thought leader said, actually, for 17 hours, there was Kishinev in the sovereign state of Israel, which is unfathomable. And I don't think we're in a place yet where we can say this is how it feels, except that there is so much strength in our wounded people. That was clear. And Mm -hmm. the other feeling that I'll share is their shock that we showed up. Wow. I've never seen such widespread gratitude because when I got to say, and what an overwhelming emotional privilege it was to say, Banu Bishwil Tmicha, We came to be of support. A group of rabbis came to say, we love you. Mm. And people, including us, including the security at the airport, were in tears. That's how everyone is. Our souls are right on the surface. Yeah. And that's, there are really no words in this situation. It's so hard to find the adequate words for something that you said, is is still unfathomable and is still we're still processing and and many of us myself included are are still really in a state of shock in many ways um but you showed up as you said your actions were incredibly vital critical and obviously so appreciated and that's that's a beautiful thing and that's one of the main things you can do in this situation is just to say, we're here, we're here, we're with you. Yes, which is precisely 
well, precisely sounds too organized. It's what we ended up saying because as spiritual leaders, you know, the custom when you're visiting a Shiva house is you don't speak first. Now, this this is and isn't that. We are alive and we're grieving. And we had to figure out what to say. And in in this um unique trip, please God, it should never happen again like this. Among the moments that were so breathtaking that they can't even be described except just to say that they happened, we sat one morning with a, a survivor of the Shoah, and she was giving her own story and testimony, but in it she used the language of new survivors, survivors of Be'iri, the survivors of Kfar Aza. She said this. She didn't know that one of the people she was talking about, one of the young men taken hostage, whose name is Hirsch. Um, she described physically what happened to him, not knowing that his parents were about to walk into the room. And so I was helping facilitate the moment. She sat right on my left, and Rachel and Jonathan, Hirsch's parents, sat on my right, and they understood each other. And we have all kinds of not just healing, but testimony that we are now responsible for. So not only were we rabbis and other Jewish leaders and educators there to offer support, we have to bear witness. And a lot of us have had practice at this, but we've been out of practice with the fresh wounds of this kind of horror. And I'll, I'll say that I reflected in that moment to our group that the survivor, um, whose, whose name is Rena Quint, um, shared her story, and it takes someone who's lived that long to remind us what it is to keep a promise. And I think we have to make a promise now. Am Yisrael Chai is a phrase, is a prayer, but it is a promise. And it's going to take the united Jewish world to keep this promise and to give Israel a chance at true rebirth. The solidarity we meant wasn't a visit. We are we we are they they are us. Am Yisrael Chai means Amen. all of the divides that we've allowed to be there between the diaspora and Israel, between denominations and each other, between right and left politics. They have to take second place. First place is one heart, one people. Beautifully said, Menachem. Um, Hirsch's parents have been very front and center, um, certainly. And I know you met, you said you just, you met with them, you met with other families of those being held hostage. I'll tell you, that is somewhere I try not to let my mind go because I know you're a parent, I'm a parent. Yeah. Um, to think about that <clears throat> reality is, is beyond. But can you just share with us some of what you heard as far as how they are coping right now with this not knowing. We're almost a month since this horrendous pogrom, as you said, <clears throat> excuse me, happened. Yeah. And I I don't know how you sat and spoke with them knowing this, but you did it. And I, I credit you for doing that. And um, I just, I... what was it like? was awful yeah and yes i'm a parent too and um i don't understand how 
they are so strong. Uh, we have many, many friends in common. We've in fact lived in the same place a number of times. And so we've, we know each other. And that also means that I am them. And that's my son. And I, I don't know how they found the words, but I will tell you a few things. One of them is they are asking all of us to be a mosquito campaign. That's their language because a mosquito bites and then bites again until you do something about it. Hmm. So they've asked us to choose one or two elected officials and call them every day when you're having your coffee. You call and I will tell you, today is day 27. So they want us to say, it's been 27 days. Where is my child? Until every elected official, both those who have been outspoken in support of the Jewish community, and those who have not. And as a parent, just like you, so I'm wearing something. My wife gave me this gift uh, when we got married. Um, we blended our families and brought our, our children into one shared heart. So my I wear my children. I also now wear this. In Hebrew, it says, Halev Shalanu Shavui Ba'aza. Our heart is captive in Aza. Bring them home now. So I can't let my mind go there, but I have to let my mind go there. I have to carry all of my children on my body. We'll, we'll have different ways of doing this. We will. And I've also watched in an incredible way Israelis, including a young chayal, a young soldier named Yonatan, whose brother is being held hostage. His brother being held hostage exempts him from military service. He was also scheduled to get married last week. So he asked his bride-to-be and his parents and her parents, what should we do? And they said, you're getting married. He's serving in the army now in Aza. He came back just to talk to us, which yeah. I felt like we have to make this worth the effort he just made. And he didn't want to stay too long. He just wanted to get back to his unit to be of support. And under his chuppah, he told us, Yonatan Razel, a very well-known Israeli singer, stood under his chuppah and sang Vihisha Amda, which we say on Pesach, a very beautiful new melody that Yonatan wrote. Um, in every generation, there have been those who want to hurt us. And we will never let them. That was under his chuppah, and he is now fighting. So we can't let our minds go there, but they're going there. So we have to go there with them in every way we can. Yeah, that, that's. it's all so moving and so terrifying and so beautiful and sad. And as you said, as human beings, we can hold all these emotions, right? Our hearts can hold all these things and all the the daga, all the worry and concern for our own children and for the children, as you said, being held in Gaza for all the hostages. It, it's amazing to me, Menachem, that, you know, you hear IDF generals and you hear the prime minister, you hear Israel's leaders saying, this is a fight for our home. This is, it is us or them. This is where we are at. There's no way to tie a bow around it and make it pretty. This is a fight of survival. And I, in my lifetime, I've never 
heard words like that that I I know are simply true that reverberate as truth because that's what this is and it's hard to fathom but this is what's happening. Yes, you know my my politics often skew a little bit to the left, and I wish it weren't so clear to me how right what you just said is. I wish it weren't so clear. I grieve at the loss of innocent Palestinian lives, as we all do. And there's no question in my mind that the Palestinians have been destroyed by Hamas. I won't say just as much because I don't know how to say that, but their lives have been destroyed by Hamas too, though the world doesn't differentiate in the right way here. And I won't repeat because no one needs to be re-traumatized by me repeating headlines and images. But what those terrorists did to our babies and our children and our survivors and our parents and our sisters and brothers and peace activists like Vivian Silver, who's in Gaza held hostage, someone that I've served on panels with, who Mm. went out of her way to bring Gazans to hospitals and led women wage peace. And please God still leads women wage peace. I've never made comparisons with the Shoah in my life. I was always told never to do that. I know. But our survivors, thank God we can still hear their voices, are telling us this is what that is. And with every new piece of horrific reporting I receive, they're right. Let's arenu hagadol to our incredible pain. And so the government and its language is one thing, the necessity of this fight is incontrovertible. How we wield, how we wage war, wow, is that complicated, but that we must fight. This is, as tradition calls it, a milchemet mitzvah. This is nothing other than a necessary war. It's ugly, and it's only going to get worse, but it is so necessary, there cannot be a question about it. Absolutely. I, I just reported on my newscast, uh, Memory released a, a video. I don't know if you saw it. It's a, a member of Hamas's political bureau saying, oh, yeah, we'll we'll keep committing these massacres until Israel is eliminated. Very, very black and white. He was very clear. There was no question that. Was it was it Maya Angelou who said, you know, when they tell you who they are, believe them, believe them, believe yeah. them. They're telling you what they're going to do. They did it and they will do it again. And if and 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 like you said, it is you were at a funeral for a soldier. This is the the heartbreaking reality that the, this war is now. But as you said, there just is no choice at the moment. Um, how are you? I I feel like the world is upside down in so many ways when I hear the rhetoric coming out, when I hear the hate coming out, especially on college campuses here in the United States. I I'm. I don't understand. I'm trying to understand how these voices are coming out in such strength of numbers and in such um, ferocity. And I'm just wondering how you're sort of understanding it or wrapping your head around that if you feel the same. Oh, I feel the same. I have two children on college campuses right now um, and many more um, that I love on college campuses and many more I don't know whom I love on college campuses and what you're describing is real it is ferocious it is terrifying um and how i wrap my head around it 
we have to strengthen our students and our Jewish world and combat anti-Semitism in every way we can, including holding colleges accountable and universities accountable when they either offer tepid responses to extreme hate, to see graffiti that says free Gaza right next to kill the Jews, which I just saw a photo of on a campus, and that's in America, let alone what's happening around the world. But what I want to say, Tisha, is that we want to say that the world is upside down. I actually just finished a book uh, called Am Yisrael Chai that came out, an emergency response test collection of testimonials um, to, to support UJA's work. And as I was reflecting on how do I how do I wrap my head in the first days of this, I have no way of wrapping my head around this. I started the introduction by saying, I don't want to write these words. We thought that with the creation of the new Jew, to claim self-determination again, political Zionism and a robust new Jewish identity that involves the ability to defend ourselves, we thought we would change and things would change. Well, we changed. The world did not. So even though it's mm -hmm. upside down, in fact, this is the way the world has been. And we're going to need to teach our children just as my grandparents had to learn in an America that was full of anti-Semitism. That it never really went anywhere. And you have the blessed burden of being a Jew. I don't know what to do with that yet, but thank God for the organizations that are supporting our children on campus. And thank God for the pressure all of us can place on universities that do not do what they should do, taking liberal ideas and making them weapons. The liberal ideas that I celebrate are about expanding consciousness and seeing dignity in every human being. Jews are not less worthy of that dignity than anyone else. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to the trip itself for a minute. You were there uh, since Monday, um, a number of days. Tell me just a little bit about where you were, the groups of people you met with. What were those experiences like? I know we touched upon several already. Um, we landed on Monday at 5, and we were there until Wednesday night. So it is a blur, but I'll give you what I can. Mm. The military funeral will always stand out to me as something enormously important that we were able to do. And we met with many soldiers to give them support and families of hostages. We spent some time at a phenomenal, miraculous place in Jerusalem called Shalva, for those who aren't familiar, Shalva is an organization that supports children with special needs and their families. It is a field-leading global organization when it comes to bringing joy and health and respect within those families, let alone in the communities around them, to a place that I have found great meaning over many, many years of support. UJA is a proud supporter of Shalva. And not only were we given a tour of who they are and what they do. We were also brought into the storage facilities that they have where they are preparing for war because the government has recognized them as a crisis base. Mm. They have already brought in a thousand more people who have been displaced from the South and housing them with love and care, including an entire wing of one building dedicated to young women at risk for different reasons in society. And I just 
I know that our, our people is ravaged and in grief. But in that moment, I looked at so much love, mm-hmm. the possibility of joy, even in crisis. We were with children with Down syndrome and autism and a few other special needs. And we're a group of rabbis. We just started singing and dancing with them. We were singing songs of our people. And I was feeling such only the tears part of my heart until that moment. And then we just started singing and dancing. The children taught us to let the sadness have its place, but not let it stop life itself. So that will guide that place. And toward the end of our trip, I'll give you just one more stop because it it was remarkable. There's a wonderful organization we're also involved in supporting called Achim Lachaim, Brothers for Life, brothers and sisters, actually. Um, soldiers in the IDF who've been wounded come for rehabilitation to a place that doesn't look like a hospital. It's a home. It's meant to be a home. And who's there to provide the mentorship and friendship? a soldier who was wounded just like them so they get to be with their future self Mm. and this place has taken care of thousands and thousands of our young women and men and is preparing to welcome another 2,000 at least so UJA brought us to these extraordinary places and and I think it became clear to everyone there and I hope it'll be clear to anyone listening to this conversation that we're having that part of the reason we are able in crisis to add to our support is because the basic relationships are tended to every day. And please God, we should be out of this war, victorious with our children and grandparents home very soon. Amen. This work is ongoing and an everyday commitment. It cannot be that we only stand united when someone else reminds us what we have in common. We have to be united because we love each other. That has to be a proactive commitment that Am Yisrael makes again, starting now. Amen. I can't say that enough. And Menachem, I also just want to mention in that same spirit, you were a a group of 28 rabbis and Jewish leaders from Orthodox, Conservative, Reform, and Reconstructionist movement. I'm guessing none of that mattered at all. You were 28 Jews, 28 human beings who, as a group, went to do this incredible mitzvah really to be there just to be there to show up our our differences matter on a hyper local level but not on a community not a peoplehood level we prayed together we cried together god loves us together and we loved each other in in that way too it was an enormously important thing that we cannot let go of and i just want to end with with the quote that you said before the trip you said it is why you were going. You said it is vital for Israelis to know that American Jewry is here to support them. Amen. Amen. Thank you for making that clear, not just with your words, but with your actions, with showing up, as you said. And I hope, as you do, that we see all the hostages back home with their families very, very soon, and that we see an end to this war victorious very, very soon. Menachem, Rabbi Menachem Creditor joining us from New York to talk about the recent UJA delegation visit, an emergency visit, if there ever was one, to the state of Israel. Thank you, Menachem. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tisha. Am Yisrael Chai. Am Yisrael Chai. Amen. Amen.